Welcome to the Success School podcast. We're on episode 30. We're super excited to have you here. Thank you so much for all the feedback we have been receiving. It has been incredible, super overwhelming. Steph, are you excited for today? I am always excited for today, and I am most excited when I get to talk about sales because it's my favorite thing in the whole world to talk about. So today we are talking about how to close 80% of your sales with these three steps. Okay, sounds like an infomercial. Before we get into that, we're going to start out with the lesson of the week. I'm going to kick us off today. So my lesson is there is always more to learn. So I've been studying a conversion rate optimization. They call it a degree. It's actually 240 hours of uh, modules, training, assessments, all that type of stuff. I did start it because it was recommended to me by a mentor of mine as a, this is your missing link in business. I got into it. I was like, yeah, I know a bit about conversion rate optimization. And then I was like, holy shit, I know nothing about conversion rate optimization. It was completely mind blowing. And I felt like a newbie again in business, which is an incredible feeling. If you've ever heard of the Dunning-Kruger, and I'm actually going to butcher it, but there's a couple of mountains in business, two mountains specifically. You're going up the mountain, you get to the top, and you feel like you're on top of the world. You know everything there is to know. For me, this was about marketing. Not that I was thinking I knew everything there was to know about marketing, but I thought I knew a lot. And then you realize you know nothing. And then you hit down in the valley of despair, they call it. And then you go up the second mountain, which is the real mountain that we're traveling on. Everyone gets to that point in business where they think they're pro and then something like the universe comes and just kicks them in the face and they realize they know nothing. So my lesson here is always be learning and there's always more to know. So if you think you're at the top of the mountain, you think you're a pro and you think that you have nothing else to learn, probably look in the mirror and then ask yourself, do I really? You'll get a point in business where you'll realize that you don't know enough and you need to upskill and learn more. Tim, can you tell everyone, if they're listening and they're like, what is a conversion rate optimization? Yeah. Where and how does that apply? I obviously know, but for the listeners here, what is that? So a conversion rate optimization specialist would come into your business and they would have a look at your funnels. They would have a look at your website. They would have a look at all your landing pages. They would have a look at your forms, buttons, the copy, the persuasion, the psychology, all those types of things that you're using in your business. And they would give you ways to optimize that. Okay. So they would run through your form and they would say, cool, according to the science, we should move all the text to the left and then we should take it outside the box we should change the font to 14 we should change the buttons to x we need to increase the size of the buttons there's a whole science to conversion rate optimization online which you need to learn okay everyone's like oh let's just get a landing page smash some words on there and then we're good to go there's actually so much more to landing pages sales copy persuasive Mm -hmm. copy that no one really knows about you might know some of the fundamentals of it but on a landing page and for a landing page to convert You actually have to have seven principles or seven things on a landing page, which have been founded in the 1800s in like deep psychological texts that were made in that time. I did question Tim on this last night when he was explaining this to me. And he was like, yeah, in the 1800s it was developed. I was like, babe, in the 1800s they didn't even have websites. (laughs) Like, how was this developed in the 1800s? And he was like... Well, you know, because sales psychology was the same even when they were buying food from the markets. People have been selling for hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years. They've been selling things to each other. And so the psychology behind sales hasn't actually changed. And yes, the format of which we sell and how we sell changes. And it's so cool. It's been really cool to watch him learn. Steph, what is your lesson of the week? We just got back. Well, it'll be a couple of weeks ago now. We got back from Melbourne. I'd actually gone to go for lunch with some friends, which seems really crazy, but 
I think that, you know, business can get pretty lonely and it's quite hard sometimes to find people who are on the exact same journey as you. And so I went and caught up with a bunch of women who are also personal brands, who also have, you know, seven-figure coaching businesses, who also have plans to dominate and take over the world. And it was just so nice to hang out with these women. And Tim caught up with one of my mentors on the same day. And it was just, it was really nice to connect. And I think that one of the biggest things I got out of those conversations was just for me personally, how little I actually ask people for the support and the help and even the introductions and the connections that will actually help me to grow and get to the next level and and how much people are willing to actually help each other when we just ask. And I think a lot of the times, whether that's, you know, you want to work with an influencer and you want them to wear your merch or join your program or whatever, it's scary to ask, but we limit ourselves from having opportunities because we are too scared to ask. And having these conversations with these women, I've started asking, like, how did you do this? And how did you do that? And how have you got this? And they just so freely gave the same way that I freely give all the friggin' time, the same way, the same way that we freely give right here. Like we have listener questions every single week and we give and we give and we give, right? It's okay to ask. And there was something for me that was a really great reminder because I'm so rarely asking people for things because I don't want to seem grabby or greedy or takey or any of those things. But when you have built an incredible relationship with somebody, they want to help you. And so don't be afraid to ask, you know, how did you do that? Or do you have a connection? Or I'd love to know, you know, and also in that though, offering of help, it goes both ways. Like we were sat down, we had this lunch, we had this mastermind they helped me and I helped them. And it was this really beautiful thing. And I think when there's a give take, it just feels really good. So that would be my lesson of the week. People do fuck this up though. Like, they, oh, uh, yeah. yeah, some people just love asking and they ask all the time without actually without giving. giving. Yeah, this is definitely from my perspective. I'm not an asker. Yeah. And so if you're listening and you know that you're also way more of a giver than an asker, like you hate asking for help, you hate asking for support, you hate asking a question sometimes in a community. Like if you know that you're not an asker, then please just ask right? Like ask people, build the connections, ask people. If you are the opposite way around, you have absolutely no problem asking and you are the first to shoot your hand up and ask questions, which is so fine, by the way, not a problem at all. Just remember to give. Just remember that it is a give-take relationship. I've had some people message me and I'm like, man, this fucking person again, like asking me some shit. It takes two to tango. It does. It's equal parts and it really is a nuanced dance. But I think it all really comes down to like self-reflection on like, do I ask people a lot? And if you do, then cool. What can I give as well as asking? And then also, you know, if you don't ask enough, like where and how are you limiting yourself by not being brave enough to actually ask? All right, Steph, do you want to give us an intro? What are we talking about today? Closing 80% of sales with these three steps. I'm excited for this. I love this because whether you like it or not, guys, sales is a necessary evil in business. You have to do it. You have to do it if you want to be in business. I don't care how you feel about it. You have to do it. And yet so few people have a sales process in place. Most people just wing it. They're like, oh my God, this person you know, wants to buy my stuff. I think I'll get on a quick call with them and see what they need and hopefully they buy my stuff. Like That's the process. That's not a process. That is hope. And that doesn't always work. And you will get very down and very dejected and feel very rejected when you don't have a good process in place. And it's these same people who wing it that complain that sales is hard or that no one is buying or that everyone thinks they're too expensive, right? So we want to teach you guys today three steps. They're going to help you convert your sales at 80% conversion. So the people you actually get on calls with, the people you actually talk to, they'll start converting at 80% without feeling icky or pushy. Okay. All right, Steph, we have the intro. We know what it's about. We know we're going to get massive value in this episode. So talk to us about the basics of a great sales process. So the best sales process is one process. And we spoke about this a little bit on last week's episode. It came up in a very minor way, but you do need a process to follow. So we're going to teach you our process because this is the one that we know best. 
all traffic should drive to a landing page of some sort. Whether or not you want to sell on that landing page or whether or not you want to drive someone to a call, all traffic should go to the landing page. So whether that's DMs, Facebook, Instagram, emails, TikTok, I don't care where it is, it all goes to a landing page. That landing page has a sales page on it and Tim will tell you how to CRO it, conversion rate optimization, that shit up. But that's where everything is going. Where we see that going wrong a lot of the time is people try and sell in their social media. They try and sell in their emails. No, your social media and your emails are to drive to the landing page so they can be sold there, okay? The landing page has to be good, guys. So if you're going to put effort into one thing in your business landing in regards page. to sale, the landing page has to be banger. If your landing page sucks, your business is going to suck. This is the most vital piece of software or copy or whatever. If you're going to invest anything, your landing page has to rock, okay? If that's a homepage on your website, make sure it rocks. And if you want a good example, www.helixsp.com. I recently redid our gym website and it bangs. It's so, so, so good. So everything drives to a landing page. The second part is that you must have pre-qualifying questions because whether or not that person is buying direct on landing page, in fact, I probably wouldn't have pre-qualifying questions if you were buying direct on lander. But if you're going to a sales call, you need pre-qualifying questions because people shouldn't just be able to book in any willy-nilly calls with you. Okay, You want to make sure it's the right people who are booking in with you. And so there should be a couple of questions before they're able to book their call. So they're going to click the book a call button or I want in button or whatever button it is that's on your landing page. It's going to ask three to five questions. Ours is really extensive. It's like 10 or 12 questions because we're really trying to pre-qualify. And then they'll be able to book a call on the calendar. If that person is not the right fit for your business, you email them before the call takes place and you let them know, hey, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to work out right now. Here's my recommendation. Or you jump on the call and that way you're not wasting your time getting on sales calls with people who are time wasters. Okay, so we have all of our traffic driving to a landing page. We have pre-qualifying questions that pop up before they're able to book a call. When you get on a call, you're going to follow a sales call process and you're going to stop winging it, okay? And we spoke a little bit about sales call process last week. And then number four, you're going to take payment and have a follow-up process. So if they take payment, amazing. What happens after the sales call? How do we take payment? How do we get a contract signed? All those things. And then the next part is if they don't sign, what does our follow-up process look like? So going through these in more depth, Tim, what are the five most important parts of a sales page? All right, you guys are in for a lesson. This is CRO or conversion rate optimization. This is fresh out of the 1800s books, okay, on landing pages, which <laughs> Seth doesn't believe. Obviously, we didn't have computers then, but the science of this is rooted in science. So the most important part of any landing page is the headline, okay? And this is like people log on, they've got half a second to make a decision about whether this landing page or this website is right for them. That means your headline has to rock, okay? If your headline does not rock, you're going to lose interest immediately. They're going to click off the page and you have lost all opportunity to sell them anything. It has to pass this sniff test so that it has to know what it is, why they're there, and what the outcomes are of using or reading this landing page, okay? So you have to answer that really quickly. We have a module in Success School called Landing Pages. I also call this the grunt test, okay? If a caveman from the 1800s or the, um, you know, 1100s, 1800s, if a caveman logged on and they were like, and they didn't know anything, would they know exactly what you do just by reading the headline or seeing that first image? The second part is they need to have the key pain points or outcomes that your prospect wants delivered immediately after the headline. So you can have headline, subheadline, and then we have to be addressing those key pain points immediately. Some context here of a gym example is key pain points is someone might not be able to lose weight. They might not be able to build muscle. 
business coaching example, uh, they want to grow their bank account or they can't get clients or they can't scale their business or they keep failing their sales calls. So you want to address that key pain point. The reason we do the key pain point immediately is because it elicits an emotional response in the reader. Once you elicit emotional response, you can take them down the process. So as you guys can see, there's a lot of science to this process. Uh, we do deliver it in our program, but if you want to look this up, look up CRO, conversion rate optimization, specifically around landing pages. Step three, you want to deliver three primary benefits of using your program, coaching, service, whatever you're offering. The three main top benefits that relate to the prospect or target market that you're going after it has to be relevant to the niche that you're working with. If you give generic outcomes or benefits here, you're going to get generic answers. You want to be very specific about the person you're going after. So in terms of like a fitness example, if someone came in, they wanted to lose weight, the outcome that they're going to get or the primary benefit they're going to get is we're going to help you lose four to six kilos in your first 12 weeks. If that is the first primary benefit that they're getting, they're obviously going to be interested in what you're trying to do. Number four, and this is one of the most key aspects. So they've gone through this process. They've gone through the first three steps. Now you need to give them proof and trust on why you know what you're doing and you need to show proof that you can actually get a result. A lot of people miss this step, okay? They're going to develop an offer. They're going to get a headline. They're going to get benefits. They're going to get outcomes, et cetera. And then they have no proof. People's level of trust is decreasing every single day because of the amount of bullshit on the internet. You need to show that you work with real people. If you put a testimonial up, put their full name on there and then put their Instagram handle so they can follow up with them. You want to be showing screenshots, before and afters, all these types of things so it increases the belief. Don't just put up one testimonial, put up 100, put up videos. Don't put up 100, but put up videos. Put up a heaps of before and afters. Whatever you have to do, the trust has to be high. I remember I went um, on a girl's sales page once and it was like a fairly short sales page, maybe a couple of scrolls. And at the bottom, there was three scrolls just of, and I'm not saying this is the right way to do it, but I thought it was ballsy. There was three scrolls just of screenshots. There would have been like 40 or 50 screenshots, just all of like results that she'd gotten from clients. And you could see their names and you could see everything. And I was like, whoa, I was just peeking because it was somebody I knew. And I was like, wow, it's a cool website, a cool landing page. But like, I'm not saying to do that, guys, but I'm just saying, imagine how much proof that that would create. Like, you can't not believe it. There's just, it's just right in front of you, walls and walls and walls of it. Yeah. You could fake that, but it's very hard. It's hard to, to fake. fake. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then lastly, guys, is you want to summarize the offer and then offer a call to action. Okay. So a call to action is booking a call, sign up for a trial, whatever that is, and then summarize the offer. So in terms of summarizing the offer, I've done a podcast on building a Grand Slam offer. You want a Grand Slam offer on there. Whether you put the price or you don't, that's debatable. Some people think that they want to log onto a landing page. They want all the information so they can make an informed decision before they jump on a call. And then other schools of thought are like, we don't want to put on a price because we want to get them on a call and show them the value. Whatever your belief is on this is okay. I'm all for showing some form of pricing guide or gauging a price on there just so you're not wasting everyone's time, but that just depends and that's up to you. So just to summarize, guys, we've got a headline. We've got a key pain point, a desired outcome. We've got the primary benefits. We've got relevant proof or trust, and we summarize the offer. They are the five steps scientifically, psychologically, that will get you more sales on a landing page. So what are the best platforms to build landing pages on? If you wanted to build a sales page, build this landing page, where and how, because this is a question I get asked all the time, where and how would you build that? 
If you have a website, I'll probably just pop it on there just for ease, okay? The second one, if you don't have a website or you want something a little bit better, you can use ClickFunnels, 97 USD a month. I think that's the best all-around platform. And then the budget version is MailerLite, okay? It's free for under a 1,000 subscribers. You can build a free landing page. The beauty here is once you have a good landing page, you can just take it over to any platform uh, and just duplicate it in there. Yeah. Just a quick note here, guys, the design needs to look the part, okay? So it's really worth getting someone that knows a little bit about design rather than slapping together a landing page because the last thing you want to do is someone to rock up to your landing page and it looks like it was made in Word or on Microsoft Paint or something like that. It needs to look professional Yeah. at the end of the day. It needs to look professional. It needs to look on brand. All of those things are going to factor in. Like People really do consume with their eyes, so they're going to read your copy. They're going to look at your photos. Like Photos need to be professional quality, high quality. The landing page has to be branded and high quality. The copy needs to be good. Like Guys, this is where someone is making a purchasing decision, and so it really matters. If you're going to invest money into your business, stop faffing around with logos and branding shoots over and over again and other stuff that we see people faffing around with like just get some professional photos invest the money on a website or like especially a landing page sales copy and building it out really beautifully and i promise you that'll be the best investment you will make so they know how to create landing pages now i hope they were taking notes read write and recite as you guys remember on the previous episodes steph what are some pre-qualifying questions and why do we need them at the end of the day guys not every single client is your client and you really do need to remember that i think that the only reason that sales become salesy is if you try to sell to everybody I think that being really clear about who you work with and who is the best person for you to work with and help and what kind of problems they have really allows you to have, one, better conversations and be able to solve better problems for people. Two, to waste less time both for you and the client, okay? Um, every now and then someone falls through the cracks for, you know, our program. We had someone on a call the other day that was only like $2.5 million a year. They're probably too advanced for our program, to be completely honest. And so, you know, we don't really help businesses at that stage of business. We can help them with that one-to-one, but we don't help them with that within this program. And, you know, it's really important for us to not waste that person's time. Like, that sucks. Like, not every client is your client, and that is okay. So get really clear on who is your client, and let's pre-qualify the heck out of them to make sure that we actually get on a call with them so we stop wasting your time. Like, you getting on sales calls with every Tom, Dick, and Harry, and people will take the piss. Like, they will get on calls just to talk to you, just to try and get some stuff out of you. We don't want to waste anybody's time, okay? So pre-qualifying is so important. One of the things we get complimented on a lot is our ability to build community and great community. It's because we're so fierce on who is allowed in and who isn't. And so because of that, we build incredible communities. So if you guys want to create raving fans, get really clear about bringing in the right people. So now we've done landing page, we've done pre-qualification. Why is it important to follow a sales call structure? So the most important reason to follow a sales call structure is you need to know where it goes wrong, okay? So if you're getting on a call and you don't know what part you're falling down on on the five parts of the sales call, is that building rapport? Do they not trust you? Did you not ask questions around the goals? Did you not defeat their objections? Did you not find out the outcomes? You need to know exactly what part of the call you are falling down, and then you get training on that and improve that part, okay? Rather than just being like, oh, my sales are shit, I'm not selling anything. We need to know what part so we can fix that part and then improve your conversion process. Random processes get random results. We want reliable results in business. We want to be closing at 80% every single time. Once we have pre-qualified them, they've gone through a landing page and you're going to get them on a call because you have a service that they are interested in. The pricing works out. You defeat the objections. You know, happy days. Steph, how should sales calls be structured? I did allude to it a little bit just then, but give us the 411 on exactly how to close these deals. Look, the thing I see go wrong with most sales processes when we look at them or when we, we have reviewed quite a lot of clients, you know, sales calls over the last few years is that 
we go straight into selling and I see a lot of people talking more than they listen on sales calls. Guys, it should be the opposite way around. If your sales call goes for an hour, let's say, the first 40 minutes should be you asking questions and listening. The end of the call is where you get to speak. And so if you are not doing that sort of breakdown where you're doing like, you know, 70% of listening and 30% of speaking, you're getting it all wrong. And that is why no one is buying from you. No one wants to be talked at on a sales call. They want to be heard. They want you to understand them. They want to know that you are listening and that you are really hearing them and can solve their very specific problems. Every single person thinks that they're unique. And because they think they're unique, they think their situation is different or special and that they're somehow different to other people. FYI, we're all the same. (laughs) But they want to know that you can solve their very special, unique situation. And so you need to listen to what that is. So the base process goes, you need to identify what they want. So where do they want to be? We teach this in Success School, www.successschool.io. We teach the full psychology behind it. And actually for our clients coming up in the next couple of months, we do have a PhD that's going to be coming up on this, which is where we're going to really dive deep into the psychology of sales for you. So you understand this even deeper. So we're going to go with goals. What do they want? Then we're going to go with where are they at right now in comparison to where they want to be. So in comparison to their goals, what is the roadblock? to actually getting to their goals. Like, why is it not working and what have they tried? Then we position our service as the solution and then we go in for the pitch, okay? That is the five-step process to a sales call. You have to follow that process. There is so much psychological and emotional and sales process that goes into actually creating this. It's not to manipulate, it's to help them make a buying decision, okay? And sometimes that buying decision is not you. And that is great because you don't want the wrong people coming into your service. So two non-negotiables and sales calls, Always listen more than you talk and always ask for the sale. At the end of the call, always make sure you say, cool, so when are we getting started? (laughs) Or something to that effect. So we've gone through landing pages. We've gone through pre-qualification. We've gone through sales calls. Tim, what is the fastest way to take payment and get contracts signed? Yeah, so we were on a call with our new mentor a couple of months ago, like four months ago, and he was like, yep, cool, we're a good fit. I like you, you like me, I can help you. Here's a link. And he just sent us a link. And he On the Zoom just, call. On the Zoom call, he was like, while you're there, just fill that in, enter your card details, and we're good to go. And I was like, this is an incredible software. What is this? And it's called ThriveCard. Okay, so we've used Stripe, we've used... Dubsado, we've used, like, used ActiveCampaign, we've used ZeroPay, we've used, honestly, everything. Everything, and this has been by far the simplest, easiest, easiest, most frictionless process for signing up people to our program. So you can do custom payments, you can do payment plans, you can do holds for a certain period, you can do contracts on there, like checkbox things. It's really good. So it's 500 US dollars for a one-time fee and then you get lifetime access to it. Okay. So it's an invaluable investment. You can even build landing pages on it. Like I wouldn't probably build a landing, but you could if you wanted to build a landing page on it, which is great. So we're going to get into the listener questions, guys. I hope we have given you guys tons of value with that in terms of improving your sales process. So the first one is from Kieran S. I'm really wanting to book more consistent one-to-ones on a six-month series. Would it be best to put all my marketing efforts into a service being a higher ticket service, or would it be wiser to create a lower ticket offering as a step into my world? Uh, I do have freebies and smaller one-off group sessions I charge $39 for. This is hilarious because this actually came up this morning on a group call. So, Steph, kick us off. Very passionate about this topic at the moment, actually. And yes, I did have a conversation with one of our clients this morning about this on a group call. We are in a shaky environment at the moment um, in terms of economy. We are in a shaky economy. And because of that, what a lot of people are doing and what we're seeing a lot of at the moment is people going, oh, it's really hard to sell my high ticket thing. So I think I'm just going to go and create a lower ticket thing. It is my pet peeve. It's my current pet peeve of the internet. 
no, it is not more helpful. Yes, you might get more sales, but you're probably going to get more of the wrong people. And even still, you're going to have to work double as hard for the same money. Okay. What I would prefer you to do, and Kieran, I'm going to actually come back to you shortly because <laughs> I actually do have a full answer to your question. But for anyone who's listening, who's thinking about doing this, please don't. Or please really, really consider this. If you just put all of the effort that you're going to put into, and actually, Kieran, this is a perfect answer for you. If you're going to put all of the effort that you were going to put into creating another six-week group program and more freebies and, and you know these one-off sessions and blah, 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 if you just put all of that effort into upskilling and you know even everything we've discussed today, a sales process, creating incredible landing pages, you know, focusing on creating an incredible marketing plan that actually draws the right people in, having a really good pre-qualification process, and you actually just focused on building those out and actually building the skill set that is required to sell high ticket. If you put 110% effort into that in six months' time, you'd be exactly where you want to be, okay? People are telling me a lot at the moment, like, oh, people aren't buying high ticket. And I just call BS on that because we've just had our biggest sales month ever, in the same economy, guys, I get it. People, it is different, but it is just a skill set that needs to be honed. So, Kieran, I don't know, but if you work B2B, please, please, please know, like business to business, that my advice to you would be go all in on the six-month series, book more consistent one-to-one clients, really target all of your content, your copy, and your marketing around trying to get that in. And if you already have freebies and smaller one-offs, you know, group sessions, then let that be the funnel into your higher ticket programs. Like those things all work. This is exactly how we run our process. We do free masterclasses. We do, you know, Facebook lives in our group. We let people experience what we're like, even on this podcast. And then we offer them to join successschool.io so that they can see if it's right for them, right? So they're at that process absolutely works. Tim. I know what someone's going to say here. They're going to say, yeah, but you and Steph are different. Okay. We're not. Steph and I are not different. We're just a couple of monkeys trying as hard as we can. And we have been throwing shit in the air, like, you know, for the last couple of years, not recently. We generally just put in a little bit more effort than other people. Therefore, we are more successful. Okay. And I don't mean that as like a we are amazing type of thing. It's just like we just work more hours than other people. Therefore, we've had better results. We were talking about this in the car this morning on the way back from the gym. And like Tim had said to me, like, imagine, like, because we work like, you know, for the last, well, Tim, like 10 years, but at least for the last seven years that we've been kind of together, we've worked like on average probably eight to 10 hours a day, at least five days a week, sometimes seven days a week on our business to get it to this point, right? And he was like, imagine if we put that much effort into our bodies. Imagine like Mm. if we gave it eight to 10 hours, you know, a day just focusing on completely optimizing our bodies. And I was like, yeah, I mean, imagine how in shape we'd be. Imagine how healthy we'd be. Imagine how strong we'd be. Imagine how agile and athletic we'd be, right? Of course, absolutely. And we spoke about this this morning. We said, like, we just probably have put in more hours. And what that means is that we've tried more stuff because we have more hours to try more stuff. We failed a lot faster than most people fail. We've learned from those failures a lot faster because we just, we've been giving it more effort. And it's not because we're any more special or skilled or any of those things. Like, it's because we literally have just spent more time in the game developing the skills to a point where they make sense to us and they, and they work. Okay. So yeah, like here and like, you're probably six months away from developing the skills that you need to just be fully booked with one-to-ones. If you give it effort. Yeah, if you give it effort. Yeah. Tim, second question, courtesy of Harmony J. I'd love to hear how you guys plan and distribute content and come up with new ideas. We did do our content waterfall one a couple of days ago, but I think this is really still a great question. You know that you need to, she said, crush content in Tim speak and all the platforms that you need to be on, but how do you stay on top of it all? How do you get new inspo and how do you get other shit done without using AI and sounding like every other business right now? So I've got a few answers for this. So the first one is you can go through 
and you can see the type of questions your clients ask you, okay? And then you can make content out of that. The second way is you can go through your reviews, like reviews on Google, Facebook, wherever it is, and you can see the commonalities of the themes that they are reviewing you for. And then you can go and make content around that. Say you are the expert in business or community or fitness or building muscle or losing weight or whatever it is, you can go and make content around that because your clients are already associating you with an expert in that. It's an easy one. The other one is what I do is I look back at my calendar and my photos, and then I create content around the events or the moments or the you know light bulb moments that I've had over the last couple of weeks. That's a really good way of creating new content that's specific and personalized to me. The last thing you want to do is just start creating content that doesn't mean anything to your clients or you. You want it to be specific to the people you are helping. So I know you, Harmony, and I know who you serve, and I know the clients you have. I would go to them and ask them what the problems or issues that they have, and I would start creating content around that. The other thing here is, Harmony, you are a personal brand. So I would suggest a 50-50 split between personal content and business content. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, you're talking about you, stuff you've done, what you're doing, plans, thoughts, beliefs, all that type of stuff. So building the personal brand. And then Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, creating value for your clients, answering questions, you know, creating reels, that type of stuff as well. Steph, anything to add? Tim's pretty much nailed that. I have got a current new process that Harmony is probably going to take a few more hours than you might want to give it. And that's because I've pretty much dedicated my entire week, well, parts of hours and hours and hours within my week to finding, researching and creating incredible content. But my biggest thing is just like literally what I said, finding, researching and figuring it out. So I'll go and find someone who's blowing up on socials right now. Like one of my biggest goals this year is to grow following to 100K. And in order for me to do that, I need to know how to create reels that are trending. I go and follow a lot of people who are trending, who have created a lot of viral content in a really short amount of time. And I go and I look at their reels and I'm like, some of them are 4,000, some of them have 250,000 views. And I go and I find the commonalities between the ones that are absolutely blowing up. And then I kind of figure out what it is that's trending and then I'll go and I'll apply that to something that I want to teach my clients. So we have three pillars that we teach our clients. And that's, you know, sales, marketing, scale. And so I would recreate that piece of content in a way that is relevant for my clients so that, and you'll see if you go look at my reels, slowly but surely, they're just getting more and more traction, more and more views, more and more people are getting involved in them, more and more engagement. And that's because I've been actively focusing on that. Guys, where your focus goes shit will grow, okay? Like It is absolutely, if, if you spent eight hours in the gym, guess what? You'd be in the best shape of your life if you did that every single day. Spend eight hours in your business every single day for the next couple of years, I can guarantee you it's going to go where you want to go. Like I'm just dedicating this whole year, I can guarantee you, and I've said it in so many times, I will have 100,000 followers by the end of this year because I'm 110% committed to doing it. Wherever you put your commitment in, it will happen for you. Just lastly on this harmony, uh, I did hear this this morning on a podcast I was listening to, but people that are really blowing up in social media and creating content and creating crush content at the moment are being authentically themselves, okay? And that they are speaking their mind, they're giving opinions, even if other people don't agree with it, they are giving their opinion anyway. The example of this is, I think his name's Sean Strickland. He's in the UFC. He's the most popular UFC fighter at the moment. And the podcast I was listening to, they were saying it's because he speaks his mind on camera all the time. So yeah. if you want to build no like and trust, you want to build raving fans, speak your mind because I know you have opinions that might go against the grain of what everyone else is thinking. And that's going to pull in the people that love you and it's going to push away the people that don't like you. Yeah, it's like the best strategy you have for sure. 
All right, guys, that was a great episode. If you got some value from it, don't forget to subscribe and follow. That is our main metric. The second one is leave us a five-star review. If you want to join Success School, go to www.successschool.io. That is for you if you want to grow your business to high six and seven figures. Steph and I would be honored to have you in the program. So go there, fill in the application form, book in a call. Our customer service representative, Brennan, will have a chat with you. And guys, if you really want to be a teacher's pet, not that we're teachers and not that you're pets, <laughs> but if you really want to get A plus here, please share the show, okay? It's the fastest way for us to get more eyeballs, to help more people. One of our biggest goals is impact. You guys know that. So please share the show. Thanks so much, guys. We'll see you next week.